Uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning and Happy New Year to, to those I didn't get to wish Happy New Year to. And God is good. He's been faithful. And uh, he's been faithful enough to allow us to be in this room this morning, right? 2020, 2020. A new year, a new decade. Amen. I'm glad for the new year and the new decade that God is bringing into. Isn't it good? Amen. And I and I and I, I resonate because some of, some of us are probably saying, thank God 2019 is over. <laughs> Amen. But um, with all of that, we just, we just are acknowledging the fact that God is bringing us into a new year in some new space. And I want to share a word with you. Um, we're actually going to have uh, two people share with us this morning, and one is myself, and uh, we're going to have... Jennifer Eliezer, she's going to also share a word with us this morning. All right. All right. Spirit, spiritual daughter. Um, the Lord. Isn't that good? So you, so, you got, so you got double blessing today, right? Double blessing today. We're, we're, going, we're going to leave here full, to, full this morning. Uh, I know you've been standing for communion, but would you stand as we honor God's word this morning, please? And as we are we're going to look at a, um, a passage that, that deals with our theme this, this year. Our theme, if you didn't get to, to hear what the theme was, we just shared it last, last Sunday. Our theme for this year is we are overcomers. How many know that God has called us to be overcomers, right? You're going to have some trouble, some problems, some, some concerns, some issues, even though we have passed into a new year. But just know that we are overcomers, that God has given us the grace that we're able to move forward in victory. Amen? Amen. I want to share a word with you, a fresh start. Can you tell somebody, let's get a fresh start? Let's get a fresh start. Let, let's get, let's, let's start fresh. Let's start fresh. Let's, let's start fresh, right? Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. I'm going to come from that passage again and just share, share from that. And uh, If you don't have a Bible or a device or anything to read off of, you can look at the screen. I think the scripture should be there for you. Um, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. And now then, you and these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you, you, you set your foot, as I promised Moses, and your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the river or Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you. Why? Because you're going to be able to overcome, right? All the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you would lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. And keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. 
Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Isn't that an encouraging word? Start off the year of 2020, a new decade. Amen. A fresh start. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this this new season, this new moment that we have entered into. We thank you, God, because you have called us, Lord, for such a time as this. And in that, Lord, there is a fresh start that we can have in you. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will give us the wisdom that we need, the anointing that we need to declare your word. Pray for open hearts and open ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord would say. In Jesus name, I pray. And everyone said amen and amen. God bless you. Please be seated. Thank you for standing. Uh, The first thing I want to emphasize as I read uh, the scripture that I've noticed from the opening of Genesis, the opening of the beginning, that God is a God of progress. That God is a God of progress. Uh, We see progress happening in the opening of Genesis when when the Bible tells us that in the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. But then he says the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And thank God the light responded and there was light. But not only was there light, but even up to six days, God would begin to create and he began to bring the earth back into order. And every part of the process when he said it is good. And then he got down to the point where he said it is very good. And we see that every day and whether you want to believe it was a 24 hour day or there were 2000 years in between his creative periods. I'm not going to argue which one you want to believe, believe what you want. But just note that every single day that you saw God moving, it was progress. I believe that every single day that God moves in my life, he moves in my life because he wants to see progress. Tell your neighbor, it's time to have progress in your life. Time time to have progress in your life. This is your year to see some progress to see some moving forward, to see some advancement, to see something go from one level to the next level. How many want to see some things go from one level to the next level? I, I really, I'm really looking for God to keep this progress going because he's a moving God. And so God wants his people to have progress. And so when he called Abraham, he said, Abraham, he called Abraham, he said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply your seed. I'm going to not only bless you, but I'm going to, through your loins, bless the families of the earth. And so God has a progressive word, even for Abraham, that even though he would die, the word would still be a preceding word. The the prophetic word would still go forward because God is a God of advancement. And so when we get to this text, we find that the Lord has brought the children of Israel to the borders of their promise. They're coming to the borders of their promise. And, and the Lord is speaking to Joshua because Joshua has a history within, the, within the, the, the construct of Israel where he was raised at a time when the Israel were, they were in Egypt. And so when we see the scriptures unfold, we find that Israel had a season of progress. 
where they, they were, they, they, they show, it shows us that they were in Egypt for 400, probably 400 to 450 years of slavery. And the Bible called Moses and Moses, I want you to go there and tell them to let my people go. And the reason why they need to be let go so they may serve me, so they may worship me. And so they can't progress unless they're free. Tell your neighbor, you can't progress unless you're free. Oh, that was kind of weak. Tell them, tell them like you know, they, you can't progress unless you're free. The reason why we're doing what we're doing in this country as African Americans, because we have been made free. Come on now. We've been made free. Uh, and you can't, you, you can't progress unless you're free. And the Lord said, because Pharaoh would not let my people go, he's in trouble with me. Because I'm a God of progress. Anything that stops God's progress, they're in trouble. You, you don't hear what I'm saying. Read, read your Bible very carefully. Anybody who got in the way of God's progress was in trouble. Because God is the one that says either you get on board or you're going to get run over. And Pharaoh, his attitude was, I'm not going to let him go. He says, you're not? Okay, well, I'm going to start sending some plagues your way. And finally, he lets them go. And he delivers them from darkness. He delivers them from a dark place. And if you're ever in a dark place, you know there's something that you need to have is progress. You need to come into the light. Dark places. I was once in a dark place. How about you? Anybody, anybody got a witness out there? Yeah, you ever been in a dark place? But thank God. God said, that, that's not where you're going to stay. Don't stay in Egypt. Come on out of Egypt. Come on out of the dark and come into the light. And so he brings them into the wilderness. They have to cross a wilderness. What did God that he let me skip the wilderness? There are some things you just want to skip in the wilderness of life you want to skip. Uh, but remember, even when David, who had a heart after God, and he said, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He also said, "Yea." The vernacular is yo. <laughs> yo, y'all, though I walk through the valley and the shadow of death, I won't feel any evil for thou admit with me. Because all of us at some point in time have walked and will walk through a wilderness. Can I get a witness in the building? In fact, Jesus had to go through the wilderness. He had to go through the wilderness. The Bible tells us that the, the spirit of the Lord actually drove him in to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. But when he came out of the wilderness, it tells us that he came out in the power of the spirit. Do you realize that when you come out, you ain't going to come out like you went in. You should come out overcoming in the power of the spirit because the wilderness is built to empower you, not destroy you. Oh, I wish I got, got a praise on that one. You, see, the wilderness, though the enemy will design it to destroy you, God brings you through it to empower you. Empower you. And so as they come to this place of coming through the wilderness, God brings them to the border. And they're coming into border because now they're coming to a fruitful place. They come out from a dark place through a dry place ready to go into a fruitful place. Are you ready to go to a fruitful place this year? I am. I am ready to go to a fruitful place this year. 
And the Lord says it's time for a fresh start. It's time for you to have a fresh start. And the reason being because though they went through the wilderness, the wilderness should have taken them 11 days. 11 days. Not even two weeks. But how long were they in the wilderness? Some of you know your Bible? 40 years. Can you, can you imagine 11 day trip turning into 40 years? That, that's a long time to be in the wilderness. And, and they were there by choice of their own, not God's choice. Because of their disobedience, because of their, their lack of believing God, their lack of faith, their, their grumbling, their complaining, their attitudes. They, they ended up actually roaming around in a place they only should have been 11 days. But it took them 40 years. In fact, they didn't make it out of the wilderness because they died in the wilderness. And do you know, the wilderness can take longer because of my attitude. I spent, I spent time in the wilderness too long. And the Lord said, why are you still in the wilderness? You should have been out of that wilderness a long time ago. But you got to get your heart right. Why, why did God bring him through the wilderness in your in your notes? If you're taking notes, write, write down Deuteronomy chapter eight, because Deuteronomy chapter eight, the Lord said to them, I brought you through the wilderness to humble you. To humble you, to humble you, to humble you and to know what's in your heart, whether or not you're going to obey me or not. I, I want to know what's really in your heart and I want you to know what's in your heart. And sometimes we need the humbling of the wilderness or oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. See, the humbling in the wilderness, you need, we all need that before we get into the promised land. Because when we get in the promised land and we get victory, we'll think that we got the victory instead of giving God the glory. See, when you get the victory, you're going to say, oh, God, I know I didn't get this victory. You got the victory for me. And so here they are at the borders. Now, when you read the passage, just want to quickly give you some things about the passage that really talks about preparing ourselves for the fresh start. The fresh start doesn't happen because we turned the calendar to January 2020, because we turned calendars before. (laughs) Come on now, right? We we turned calendars to before. We attended watch night services before. We we had prayer services before. We had consecrations before. But if we're really going to have a fresh start, there there are some things here that we want to prepare ourselves for. Number one, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And so the thing that we have to understand is that Joshua has to have a necessary ending. A necessary ending. Moses was a great leader of that time. In fact, there was no one meeker on the earth than Moses at that time. Moses led them into some glorious victories and some glorious experiences. Did he not? I mean, could you imagine with they're following Moses and they're going to the Red Sea and they don't really know how they're going to get across. And Moses hears from God. He points out a stick in the Red Sea, opens up. They cross over on dry ground. And then when they all get across, he points it back in the direction of the Red Sea as Pharaoh is trying to go and get him back. And they drown. Could you imagine that? I mean, That's a leader that you say, wow, I want to follow that guy. But the time came when Moses 
would die. In fact, God said, this is the end. This is the end of your leadership, Moses. I know you, put up, I know you were instrumental in building tabern- the tabernacle where the sacrifices were. I know that you, you were instrumental in organizational development of, of Israel. Exodus chapter 18 is the point of reference. Um, I know that you were instrumental in, in having them bring their sacrifices and learning how to worship. But the, the era is over. And, and there are things that we all have to understand that some of the things that we want to go away are wonderful. But there are some glorious things that we may not want to go away but have to go away. You, you may have had a glorious experience in kindergarten. <laughs> oh, I remember play, oh, I tell you, I remember playing with them blocks. Oh, I remember with that Crayola crayons. I remember with that Play-Doh. I, I remember having recess. And that was a glorious time when we had recess. And we had lunch and we had all these wonderful things. I got to clap the erasers because I was the, the, the teacher's pet. But all those glorious days are over because you just have to grow up. You heard, you heard the song, I don't want to grow up, I want to be a Toys R Us kid. You know, you, it, all those glorious days. Oh, Christmas used to be an awesome time for us because everybody brought me. I was the only male child in the family, in the house. Right. Now, my, two, my two sisters and I said, man, we're getting some really good. And, and the thing about it was they didn't want to play with the stuff I wanted to play with. So I didn't have to share nothing. It was wonderful. All those glorious days. Those were glorious days. Well, you know, those those days had come to an end at some point. And, and, and there's some things that we have to admit we got to leave behind, though they were glorious. You know, you, young adults, it's a fearful thing to grow up because you have to leave the glorious days of allowance. Or the glorious days of you're getting clothes and you're not having to buy them. Or you get the car, you can drive it and not pay a nickel for it. Those are the glorious days. You just drive and then you've got to have days now where you have to buy your own car, put your own gas in it, get your own insurance, get your, get your own apartment, get your own, pay your own rent. You, you, you don't, see, see some, of the, some, of, some of the teenagers say, I don't want them glorious days. I want to stay here. Right? And some have come back home because they want them glorious days again. But somewhere around the time, you're going to have to admit those, those days are over. They've got to come to an end. Moses' days have come to an end. What are the necessary endings that have to happen for you to experience a fresh start? What are, what are the things that have to come to an end? And they, they, You want the bad stuff to go. So do I. But there's some good stuff that have to go, too. Uh, you know, it, just, just, just sharing with you about my, my own wellness that I, I am a potato chip and a french fry f- crazy. I am. I, I, will, I, will, I will eat them all day, all night, forever and ever, amen. 
And they know. My wife knows. I, it calls me. It just, it just calls me. You know, it just calls me. Every time I see potato chip, I'm kind of circling around that aisle. But, I, I, but there's some things that I, 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 I'm giving up. I'm giving up. Not because... <sighs> it's, it's because it's, it's not good for me. It's time to give it up. And my wife has hold me accountable to give it up. Right? It's, so if you see me eating french fries, just walk over and say, just give it up. <laughs> just give it up. Because... I realized that if I'm going to have a fresh start, it's just in my wellness, though something I like to have, and it's wonderful tasting, I just got to give it up. So I'm going, so I'm going to praise God while I eat my sweet potato. Not sweet potato fries, but sweet potato. But there are some things that we have to have necessary endings. And, and Moses is dead and Joshua now has to come to the next level of his leadership where he has to assume the new role and new assignment. The new role and new assignments that you're going to have in this new situation or this new time of being having a fresh shot means that God is calling you to a new role. A new role. And a new assignment. Um, he's no longer going to be Moses' servant only. He's the servant of the Lord, and now he's called to the role of leadership. Um, It tells us that Joshua is no longer going to be in a position that he always was in. But now he has to assume a new role where he's going to have a greater responsibility. In, In order to have a fresh start, we have to be willing to take on even new roles. And new responsibilities. And, 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 and acknowledge the fact that we can't stay the same and have the fresh start. I have to take a leadership role. And, and you may say, well, I'm not necessarily leading a company and leading this. You're leading something even if you're just leading yourself. You have to take that initiative and say, hey, um, I, I have to lead. And so the assignments that he has is basically three. Number one, he has to lead people into the land. Second thing, he has to defeat the enemy because defeating the enemy is all part of the fresh start. Um, there, there are some things that you're just going to have to be willing to take on if you're going to walk in the fresh thing and new thing of God. Um, the reason why he said to Joshua, be strong, be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. Because when you see the enemies, all them things are going to start looming around you. Fear, discouragement, problems. They're all going to be around you. But he says, don't be dismayed and be strong. Tell your neighbor, this is your year to be strong. Looking right now, I say, don't be a weakling. Don't be a weakling. And don't be a wimp. This is, not, this is not wimpy time. This is not wimpy time. Though. This, this is not wimpy time. This is time to be strong. That's why Paul said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles or the strategies of the wicked one. 
Joshua, you're going to have to combat the enemy. And there are enemies. There are enemies to your vision. There are enemies to the promised land. They live in the promised land, too. There are certain enemies that you're in the desert with that you're not fighting anymore because you left the wilderness. But when you get into the promised land, don't be surprised if there's a giant there. Come on now. Don't be surprised. How can we get surprised when something of big magnitude hurdles are in our way? It tells you that you're in the promised land. So he has to he has to gear up for an enemy that he hasn't even fought yet. That means you got to win it before you start it. He says, defeat the enemy and you have to claim your inheritance. You have to take what belongs to you. You have to take what belongs to you. Healing belongs to me. The victory in Christ belongs to me. What he has said belongs to me. I want it and I don't want anybody to claim it but me. Really, what he's saying is what's for you is for you, but you better claim it. Do you hear what I'm saying? What's for you? You don't have to get jealous. Tell your neighbor, stop being jealous. Stop being jealous. Don't, Don't be jealous. Don't be hating on me. Don't be hating on me. Don't be hating. So don't be hating. This is your year to stop hating. If you're hating, just stop hating. You don't have to be a hater because guess what? What is for you is for you. I got to claim my own inheritance. What's for my wife is for her. I'm going to claim what's mine. He said, whatever you step your foot on, that's what's going to be yours. You got to put your foot on it. You got to put your foot on it. And putting your foot on it means that you got to take some steps of advancement to get it. So, let me share these things that you may want to know. So, preparing what's next is an important thing. Let's, let's talk about some of these principles. So, the first thing you have to do, here's the principle of the text. You have to just let go of the past. Just let it go. If it didn't go right, you're live. Let it go. If you failed at it, just let it go. The only person that's really fussing at the failure is you anyway, because nobody really knows or cares about the failure anyhow. It's, it's what John Maxwell said that you have to do. You have to fail forward. It's just another thing that didn't go right, but you don't have to call yourself a failure and not try again, right? We all have failed. Anybody out there have failed before at something, at something, all right? And you're thinking the whole world is looking at your failure, and you don't realize that nobody is really looking at you. It's like falling down on the ice. Anybody fall down on the ice? So you fall on the ice and you just get back up quickly and start walking like this. Because you don't want nobody to know that you fall on the ice. You fell on the ice. You don't stay on the ice. You get up, dust yourself off, and grab onto something if you have to and keep on walking. We fall down, but you have to get up. This is your year to get up on some things, right? Let's get up on some things. 
It didn't work out. Let's let's just let it go. Forgiveness is all part of letting it go. It's all part of letting it go because it it keeps you in the in the process of progress. If I hold on to people with unforgiveness, it hinders my progress. Do you hear what I'm saying? You know, you don't even know I'm mad at you. You just kind of skipping along, just say, "Ooh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus." I'm saying, mm, "I'm looking at, I'm just, I'm just." And every time I see you, I'm not, I'm gnashing my teeth. For what? I'm holding myself back because I haven't let it go. But we're gonna let that go, aren't we? So we can advance, aren't we? You got to let it go. Second thing is, you have to envision God's destiny for your life. When, when the Lord said to Joshua. See the borders of the land I'm giving to you. It wasn't nothing new that he hasn't seen before because he was a spy. He saw the land before. So the Lord says, all right, I want to give you a fresh vision for the fresh start. So can you see an old thing with fresh eyes? Can you see an old thing with fresh eyes? Can you see an old you with fresh eyes? Have you ever heard a person who gets a a makeover? Or they reinvent themselves? Reinvention of themselves is simply they they were able to see themselves not simply in the light of who they were at that point, but who they really saw themselves to be. When it comes to your vision, can you take an old thing and see it, what the potential could be, and get so excited about it that you're willing to pursue it? My house is old. It's like, how old is it? 90, 91 years old. But if you come to my house now, right, Jennifer? She's seen my house. She's been in the house. Right, right Jonathan? Jonathan said, man, you, you kind of downplayed what y'all did in here. It's like new. In fact, they asked the question, I don't remember what was here before. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. See, when you have a fresh vision for your life, people are going to say, I really don't remember what you were before, but you're you, you, you looking so good right now. You have to envision even an old thing and see it what it could be. What can your life be if you just look at it from God's perspective? Because right now you might be wishing that you had somebody else's life. Oh, if I just had what they had, I'd be, you'd be what? You'd be miserable. Because that's not you. That's not you. Have a vision for your life. Have an outlook that's positive for your life. Get happy about your life. Can I, can I hear some happy people about your life? Is anybody here happy about your life? Be happy about your life. Be happy about your life. If I can't be happy about my life, and I'm more happy about your life than mine, I, I, I don't have much vision. This is your year to get happy about your life. 
Get happy about your kids. Get happy about your family. Get happy about things that God is doing in your life. Get happy that you can come to a place of worship. That's like, oh, no, it's 10 o'clock on Sunday again. Good, good, good gravy. No, get, get happy about your life. It's the only one you got. You might as well make it make it big. So envision God's destiny and you want to embrace your role and responsibilities. Embrace them. Um, here's what I I had to really admit in many seasons of my life that I would not embrace my responsibility. This might go off. Oh, you're still there. All right. I hear I hear nothing. I said. Um, um, if you notice the passage of the scripture that God said to Joshua, Joshua, though you can see it, you're not going to have it until you put your foot on it. So my question had to be, Lord, there's a part that I have to take responsibility for if I'm going to have this fresh start. I really want you, Lord, to do it all for me. But he's not going to do it all for me because I have a part and a role to play. Meaning, God can answer prayer even when I don't pray. Do you believe that? Have you had prayers to say, man, this is something that happened and I didn't even pray for it? God can answer Every question, every issue in your life, and you not even pray. There's an interest in that. He says, you know what? You have not because you ask not. Well, maybe I don't have it. Not because God doesn't want to give it to me, because I haven't asked for it. He puts the asking on my part. And if I don't pray, if I don't ask, I'm not going to get it. And I can't say, God, I'm mad at you because you're the guilty. He said, well, you never asked me for it. My mentor, at the time, Jack Hafer was mentoring me. And I said to him, well, how do you know that God doesn't want to give you thus and so? Or that he wants to give you thus and so? Well, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does. He says, listen, listen. You're going through too many jumping jacks and semantics. Don't you think God is a good father to know what's good for you? So why are you afraid of not asking him for it because you think he doesn't want you to have it? If he doesn't want you to have it, let him say, I don't want you to have it. But don't presume that he doesn't want you to have it. Ask for it anyway. My kids ask for a whole lot of things that I didn't give them. Can I, can I get a witness in the building? They asked, well, did you ask for a whole lot of things? Dad, I want to drive the car, but you're only five. <laughs> All right? You, there's a whole lot of things. But ask for it. This is your year for the big ask. Oh, I, I heard that in my spirit. You're asking too small. Ask some for something big. Ask for God. Ask for something that God, you can only do. Ask for it. Ask for it. You want to travel somewhere? Tell them where you want to go. 
I'm telling the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to go to Greece. Well, I ain't got no money. Don't, 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 don't worry about that right now. Where you want to go? Sometimes you try to take care of what God has already taken care of. He said, I wish they would ask me to go to Greece. I'd, tell, I'd take them there. Ask, ask the Lord. Take the responsibility. Now, the next thing he says, all right, you have to embrace your roles, but then you have to set goals. Set goals. Somebody say, have a goal and a strategy and work to, work to achieve them. When we look at Joshua entering into the land, God gave him divine strategies. Strategies. It wasn't no, no, no kind of like this, well, we just hope to see what happens. There's a strategy for the life that you want to live. There's a strategy. There's a strategy. I found out there were some people who are not as smart as you are or me, but because they got strategy. They know how to go from here to there. And while we're scratching our heads, how do we get over there? They're already over there because they had a strategy. And you are smarter. You got more degrees than a thermometer. You've been to school, out of school, went to school, after school, online, and they're all the way down there just because of a strategy. This is your lead to live strategic. Be strategic. Tell your neighbor, be strategic. Be strategic. Have a strategy. Have a strategy for your life. Have a strategy for your family. Have a strategy for your health. I have to have a strategy for my health. I can't say, well, I'm going to lose 25 pounds. Well, what's your strategy? Well, Exactly. No potato chips and french fries. That's not a good strategy. You have to have the way to achieve them. And hold yourself accountable to achieve those goals. Amen. To achieve a goal, you might need more sleep. That means you can't stay up as late as you stay up right now. I don't know. Right? Stay focused. On what important? What's important? What, what's primary? What's the main thing? Joshua, here's, what, here's what, you, what you're to do. You're supposed to take the land. You're supposed to lead people, take the land, fight the enemy. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, Lord, do you think I should be building walls? That's for Nehemiah. Not you. <laughs> Do you think I should be building temples? No. That's for Solomon. Not you. So the first thing you have to do is clear your, kind of clear your, 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 your whole idea of what you think is important and ask God, what is the main thing that I need to do? As a father, what's the main thing I need to do? As a husband, what's the main thing I need to do? Because the enemy, here's what, what the enemy does to us. To us. He gets us confused with all this stuff. 
and then we can't figure out what was supposed to be first. And then we put the first things last. And then we wonder why we're not getting in the, fresh, in the freshness of where God is taking us because we, we have it out of order. So Jesus made it very easy for us. What did he say? Don't worry about all that stuff. Seek ye first. Matthew 6, The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other stuff would take care of itself. This is your year to put your priorities in order. What's primary? What's secondary? Because the tyranny of the urgent will actually tear you apart. And at the end of the year, you'll be looking back and say, now what was I supposed to do? He said, Joshua, remember what Moses said. Keep your focus on what he said. Don't let the book of the law depart from your lips. Meditate on it daily. Turn it over in your mind. Do not turn to the right or the left. Don't be distracted. Get out of distraction. Stop being pulled in many directions. And you will make your what? Your way what? Prosperous. And you will have good success. So every one of us in this room today has some unloading to do when it comes to all the stuff that's distracting us. Right? So even the timing of the baby's crying and you're distracted. You got to focus. You got to focus. How many really need to have some focus? You really have, you really have, have, have that need to focus. You find yourself drifting here and there. This is not the year to drift here and there because God wants to advance you into the new season of fresh things that he has for you. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to let Jennifer preach. All right. You ready, Jennifer? Oh, see, she ready. She ready. She ready. Come on up, Jennifer. Let's roll it.